phrase do or die tossed around quite a bit in the sports world for the U.S. national team. They happen to be facing just that kind of situation. This is the SBS Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivan Scalarsa coming to you from Columbus, Ohio, where the U.S. national team will be taking on Guatemala on Tuesday in a match that they absolutely have to win. Otherwise, if they lose, they could put a serious dent and cripple their chances of qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. We have so much to get into. Uh, this is actually going to be a bit of an abbreviated show, uh, at least not the super long hour and a half type shows, even though it could be. I'll try to condense things and, and just keep it to the most important uh, topics of the day. I know there's a lot to get to. Um, luckily, there weren't that many MLS matches for us to get, get, get into, only three, but uh, we'll save that for later. We have to jump right into it. The U.S. national team, they're on the ropes. They suffered the 2-0 loss to Guatemala in Guatemala on Friday, one of the more uh, surprising and, 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 and ugly losses for them from the standpoint of who expected that, right? I mean, the U.S. loses in, in Central America here and there, but uh, Guatemala is a team that they just hadn't lost to before uh, in, in, in a long time. So for them to lose that game, and, and the first time they've lost a qualifier to Guatemala ever, um, it's kind of funny at this point to still talk about the game since the next game is already here. It's already on Tuesday, uh, but we have to talk about that game last Friday. Uh, it was just an ugly game, and, and you know, Jurgen Klinsmann definitely deserves the blame that he's gotten for that loss. Uh, I feel like the lineup that he put out there was 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 really not a lineup conducive for a good performance. And obviously, he defended himself after the fact and has been defending himself uh, regarding that lineup and him feeling that it, you know he wasn't putting players out of position. He's, he he defended himself today on that point. He said it repeatedly that you know he didn't put play, he doesn't play players out of position. And I think we might be arguing a bit of semantics there because um, while you can argue that yes. The guys that he's used in positions uh, where some people think they're out of position, yes, they can play those positions, but I think the real question is, is he putting players in the best position, in their best positions to help the U.S. national team the most? And I think that's really what it came down to. That that lineup against Guatemala on Friday was was a disaster, and, and there was some bad luck involved because obviously Matt Beasler suffers a concussion the day before the game, John Brooks is injured during the week. So right there, that costs you two center backs who could absolutely start against Guatemala. And once those two were out, Clint, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann made the what I felt was the the pretty kind of head scratching move to start Michael Orozco in central defense. And we're talking about a guy who ha- is not playing for Club Tijuana. He's not even dressing for Club Tijuana. So you know, you talk so much about people being in form and getting games and. He's not getting games, so you put him in, in into a hostile environment, a road qualifier, and by putting him in, you, you have a domino effect with your starting lineup of putting other guys in positions that probably aren't their best positions, uh, at least for the U.S. You want to talk about DeAndre Yedlin, who's starting it right back for Sunderland, and who is improving as a defender, uh, but he plays him on the right wing, where, yes, we've seen him play there, but we've seen him more as a, as a sub, super sub-type winger, when he has started as a winger, he hasn't really been that effective. He's actually had some of his, you know, some pretty bad games starting as a winger. Um, I just don't, I just don't think it's a position that suits him from a starting standpoint. Uh, and then you have Jeff Cameron, who uh, the funny thing about Jeff Cameron is you play Jeff Cameron at right back, and he played at he was the starting right back for Stoke City for a couple of years. And Jurgen Klinsmann seemed to like hate the idea of even trying Cameron at right back, and, and he, he would only use him at right back when he absolutely had to. Uh, and in this case, he didn't absolutely have to play him at right back. He absolutely could have played Cameron 
at center back, partnered him with Omar Gonzalez. He did not do that. And I really think that that whole domino effect led to or helped contribute to what was a bad, bad, bad first half from the U.S. And I know they'll point to some of the they'll point to the two Guatemala goals and say that they were just individual breakdowns. They were just mistakes. Um, and, and the margin for error wasn't that great. And the U.S. did have their chances in the second half. Uh, you know, there's some truth to some of that, but the U.S. did not play well. And Guatemala had their moments, and much more so than you would expect. I mean, I don't think this Guatemala team is that good. Uh, you know, they, it's just you should not be getting olayed by Guatemala, and I don't care if they were passing it around the back. They were, they were passing it through the midfield as well. They, 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 you know, obviously when you have the lead, you can knock it around and feel a little comfortable. Um, but it just wasn't a great game. And, look, credit to Guatemala. Their goalkeeper made, made some really big saves. But if you're the U.S., you have to put those away. If you're the U.S., you don't make the mistakes that they made. They came out flat, and the coach has to take some of the blame for that. Um, it, it just wasn't pretty all the way around. And not much bright, not many bright spots to talk about. I mentioned the players. Orozco, I didn't think, should have started. Mixed this group. A guy who has had some good games for the U.S. in the past, but he just was a non-factor in this game, and I think, you know, it, it, all things being equal, I think at this point we should have. I think this should be the last of mixed disc group for a while. Uh, there are other players who who should get the opportunity. Uh, name for me, namely Donington Agby, a, a player who he came on in, in the second half and really showed the quality that he brings. He's played off. He's played in five games since he got his first cap for the U.S. And in every game, he's looked comfortable. In every game, he looks like he belongs out there. And he uh, he played a big part uh, in their second half surge on Friday and why they created chances. Unfortunately, they couldn't finish those chances, and credit to Guatemala's goalkeeper, Mota, for, for some big saves. Um, but we'll see how the U.S. responds. Uh, now the pressure's on. Now they know if they lose this game, it's, it's pretty much going to be done, barring something absolutely insane happening. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know what? For, for all the doom and gloom, I mean, even with Friday's loss, even with Friday's performance, I'll stand here and say, I have zero doubt the U.S. is going to win on Tuesday. If I, you know, I, I, I just don't see them losing. I don't because you know what, for for multiple reasons. Because number one, I think the players are going to respond, right? They, 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 they're pros. Uh, they usually respond. The U.S. response. U.S. has been in this situation before, through the years. It's not just a Klinsman thing. It's happened. Every coach that's come through has had it happen at least once. Mercerina had it happen. Steve Sampson had it happen. Bob Bradley had it happen. Uh, Klinsman had it happen before where the team has been in a situation where they really needed a result in qualifying. And you know what? When you qualify for seven straight World Cups, there's going to be some close calls. There's going to be some stumbles. Uh, people don't give CONCACAF enough credit for how tough these games can be. And they're tough. And they're not, it's not about tough because the teams are good. It's tough because the, the circumstances, uh, the, the field conditions, the hostile environments uh, and I know it all, oh, it's all excuses, excuses, but you know what? Over time, oh, eh, this is decades now that th this is proven. It's not just the U.S. either. I mean, Mexico has had its struggles. We, let's not do, have we already forgotten Mexico nearly missing the World Cup the last go-round? So give some credit to CONCACAF. It's tough. It's not, it's not, it's not as easy as people would think it, it, it should be, and sometimes it does get tough, but you don't want to make it tougher by making bad lineup decisions by making, you know, putting players in positions where it probably isn't the best place you should play them. So we'll see how Klinsman responds. What I do find interesting, and I wrote about this on Goal.com, uh, one of the pieces I dropped um, on Monday. Uh, it, what's interesting about Jurgen Klinsman is that he'll come out with a lineup that, that just makes you want to bash, like, 
ram your head against the wall if you're a UX fan. And then there'll be a bad result. And then the next game, he figures it out. The next game, he's like, oh, oh, wait, oh, right. I this These guys go here. My bad. Uh, and then usually the next game, the team plays better. The team plays, it looks more like it should look. And then they get the result. And I think that's what's going to happen here. And we already saw it in the second half of the of the Friday loss. Klinsman moved, moved, moved everyone where they should have been. He moved Cameron to center back, moved Yedlin to right back, brought in Nagby. That lineup should absolutely be the lineup on Tuesday night. So you should have Cameron. You should have Cameron and Gonzalez at center back. You should have Yedlin at right back. You should have Nagby uh, and Jesse Zardes uh, on the wings. And Nagby obviously can float inside and combine. Uh, but I just think they give you that 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 athleticism, that speed on the flanks. And I look, I know Jesse Zardes is a raw player. He's not the finished product. He's he has his deficiencies. But against a team like Guatemala, he can definitely make some things happen and wreak, and wreak some havoc there. So, uh, you know, for me, it's kind of a toss-up between him and Lee Wynn. I, I, I'm, I'm all for Lee Wynn as well. I mean, I'd give Lee Wynn a run as well. But I think Zardes, with his speed uh, and also with his ability to contribute defensively, that's why, for me, I would pick a, pick a Zardes over Lee Wynn, only because if you're playing Zardes on the left wing, you have him on the same side as Edgar Castillo as your left back. And we all know Edgar Castillo is not a great defensive player. Uh, as a left back. So you want Zardes to be able to run up and down and, and, and provide some cover for Castillo. So for me, that's the lineup Klinsman should go with. I think he should play Kyle Breckerman as defensive midfielder. Um, actually, if I was the coach, and I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't want to be the coach, let's be honest, because, you know, it's, it's a thankless job. But, I mean, I would go with uh, Bradley and Nagby in the middle, right? And, and, and maybe go Zardes and Wynn on the, on the flanks. Or maybe you go with a triangle of... Uh, maybe it, Look, it all comes down to also who's available. Uh, Alejandro Bedoya apparently picked up a knock. So he his, his availability is in question, so he may not start. And I don't think he will start because Klinsman pretty much said, we, can't, we need everyone at 100%. We can't have, it, can't have any question marks in our starting lineup. And if you go by that, and he's already saying Alejandro Bedoya is a question mark, then you figure, okay, he's not going to start. Josie Atsudor is still working his way back. Um, is he 90 minutes ready? I don't think so, so I don't know if he starts. Um, but if Josie Atsudor can start, I mean, I think that obviously shakes things up quite a bit. I mean, you could even go a 4-3-3. You could have Atsudor up top. You could have Wood and Dempsey on either side of him. You can go with a Bradley, uh, Bradley Nagby, Beckerman uh, triangle in a 4-3-3. Or you could do any number of things. But as long as those things don't involve Roscoe in your starting lineup, as long as they don't involve Yedlin on the right wing, as long as they don't involve mixed discrude in your starting lineup, I think you're going to be okay. I mean, you could also see Guzan at, at, at goalkeeper if, if he's going to continue the rotation. I don't, I don't know if he's going to end the rotation after that first game. So the pressure's on. The pressure's on the U.S., but I think they'll I, – I, if you ask me, I'm telling you, I don't think – I think they're going to respond. And maybe it's just because I've been around so long and I've seen them in the same situation time and time again, and they get the job done. And I know it's not the same team. It's not the same players. It's not the same coach, um, although it is the same coach from 2012 when they beat Guatemala in Kansas City in what was what going in was a, a must-win game. But uh, just being around this team and seeing how they're, they're – I mean, I know they, they realize that they laid an egg. They realize they crapped the bed. And as much as you want to boil it down to two mistakes or chances that you didn't finish, you lost. And – it wasn't a it wasn't a fluke, and even Michael Bradley said it. Michael Bradley said, "You know what? It wasn't a fluke. He's not trying to take anything away from it." Um, so, but you have to be better, and I think they will be better. They'll be at home. 
You're going to have a, a good crowd at Matt Free Stadium, although I don't know if it's going to be a sellout now. Based on what I'm hearing, it sounds like there's still like 5,000 tickets available, which is pretty crazy. Um, I know I've heard something about ticket prices being too high, but this is a decisive game now. This is a must-win game. If you're a U.S. fan within a 200-mile radius, you should get yourself to this game. I don't care how cold it is. If you call yourself a fan, you come to this game. And I, will, I, I do want to address one point. Now, I've heard this, this notion that some people, and I get it, right? People are upset. People are angry. People are, are fed up. There's a lot of U.S. fans who think um, it, it, it's time for Klinsman to go. How much rope do you give the guy? He's, he's going you know, to run the program into the ground. Um, so, it, it, you know, I get that. But the idea that people would, would, would boycott the team or would not support the team, I don't know about that. I don't know because you know what? It's your country. It's your national team. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like turning your back on the, on your national team is, I don't know about that move. I mean, it's just, I mean, look, obviously as a fan, you, you have the right to vote, to, to express your dissent. Uh, we see it all the time on the club level when club, when fan uh, supporters of clubs, you know, whether, whether it's ticket prices they're fighting or whether it's management they're fighting or whether it's a coach they want out or a player, they, whatever the case, they let it, they, they express themselves all the time. I just think with the national team, you you know at a time when your team when your team kind of needs you right I mean it's your chance to play your part in helping support the team uh, it, it seems like a weird time to say okay you know what I'm not a fan anymore I'm not gonna be a fan until things change and I mean I don't know I, it's just you know what teach their own I'm not gonna sit here and say people who choose to do that are evil but uh, I, I it's not something I, I don't know I, I just don't think it's something that should should be even thought of but I think some people are at the end of their rope. With Klinsman and, and, and his and his you know continued walking the tightrope and and tur- turning everything into a into the a much harder thing than it should be. So you know we'll see how they do. I th- like I said I think they're gonna win. Uh, I think Guatemala played the game of their lives. They were at home. They everything broke their way. Credit to them. They played better than I thought they'd play. Um, but I, I just don't see them. Uh, I just don't see them doing it again. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not looking forward to the weather because I think it might get cold. But again, it's Columbus. You you expect the cold. Although I did not necessarily pack for that. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, it's not the only game on Tuesday, as we know. The U.S. Under 23s will play for their Olympic life in Frisco, Texas, in the second leg of their Olympic qualifying playoff against Colombia. The U.S. posted a 1-1 tie in the first leg in Colombia, and I got to tell you, that was a huge result for them. It wasn't the prettiest result by any means, but guess what? Anyone would have taken a 1-1 coming out of Barranquilla because, you know, Colombia is a powerhouse. In terms of just the firepower they have offensively, you knew there was going to be sweltering conditions like the hot weather and the crowd and all that, and you always wonder how a team of young Americans is going to hold up in a hostile environment like that. And credit to them, they scored the early goal. Luis Skill finishes. The defense held up. Obviously, you had some issues. Matt Miazga with the, with the, with the bad play. Kellen Acosta, who had a shocker, uh, obviously gave up the penalty. But you know what? They could have folded right there. And I thought that, I thought that when the penalty happens, I'm like, well, this is it. This penalty is going to open the floodgates, and it's going to be over. But credit to this U.S. team. For holding on. I mean, you lose your goalkeeper in the first half, Ethan Horvath, uh, on, a, on a tough, tough play. And, you know, hope uh, best wishes to him on, on a speedy recovery. But, I mean, that, that's tough because that obviously puts you in a bind as well because that's one less substitution. You lose your starting goalkeeper. Credit to Cody Cropper. He stepped in, did well. 
but it was a solid performance. And but guess what? They need to do better. They can't play like that in in, in Frisco. They can't afford to absorb so much pressure the way they did in that in the first leg. Obviously, and here's the thing. When you're on the road, you kind of play you're in a two-legged series. You're going to be a bit more defensive-minded. That's how. That's the way of the world. And I always find it funny when people want to go crazy about the about that idea. And it's like, listen, it happens at all levels. It happens at the UEFA Champions League. You see it. Teams come out a bit more defensive when they're on the road because, uh, you know, that's just, you, you just – you know, when you get when you get home, you can open things up and you have more. It's just more support and it's a better environment for you. So um, I, I don't have as much of a problem with that per se. But you know what? Looking at some of the lineup decisions that Andy, Her- Andy Herzog made for that game, I can understand if if they were tied into the idea of playing a defensive-minded game there. But if you're back home, you're in Frisco. You have some attacking weapons you didn't use in that first leg. It's a short break between the two games. You better have some fresh legs in there. Jerome Kiesvetter did not start. Paul Ariola did not start. Julian Green did not start. I mean, these are all guys who can give you something uh, in a starting lineup, and and you're gonna need you're you're gonna need more from your attack um, than we saw in that game. And and I think if you're asking me to kind of predict what he's gonna do, what Andy Herzog's gonna do, I think he's gonna come out with some of these fresh legs, some of these guys, and, and maybe a Fatai Alashi as well. And, and really try to go at Columbia. I think you need to try to do that. You can't absorb pressure for another 90 minutes. They kind of got lucky in the first leg because Columbia couldn't finish. Columbia couldn't finish. Uh, they couldn't put the final pass together in the final third. They couldn't finish their chances. Uh, they had a ton of the ball. Um, they're a sloppy team, to be fair. To, to, it should be noted. You look at them, and, yes, they're dangerous. They have dy- some dynamic players, but they're not – they're not this. They're not this great, great team. I mean, they're pretty sloppy. I mean, they they have their qualities, but they also have their vul- their weaknesses. And I think if you're the U.S., you can you can exploit that. And we saw that on the counter a couple of times. Absolutely, the U.S. can exploit them on the counter. Uh, but we'll, let's see what the U.S. has left, because there was a lot of energy expended in that first leg, and um, the second leg they'll be at home. Uh, and we'll see what the changes are because they're going to have to be some changes, not only in approach but in the lineup. So, it's up to Andy Herzog to try to figure out which 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 is the best way to go there. I think they I think they're going to win this one. I really do because I just think if he makes the changes that he should that you know, and I'm I'm not going to say specifically which changes. I mean, for me, I'm putting in Paul Ariola. I'm putting in Alashi. I'm putting in uh, Keith Vetter. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know where Julian Green is in terms of his form right now. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily plugging him in, but. You have options. So we'll see how those fresh legs do. We'll see if he uses the fresh legs. I have to think he will because the, the, it was so hot in the first leg and, it, and you have to travel and you have the, the short break, the, only a couple of days between the two. You have to shake it up a bit, I think. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. And it's all, it, it's all, it's all there for the taking. Uh, they got the away goal, obviously. So, if it, so 0-0 will put them through. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 0-0 in Frisco, but... We'll see how they do. Uh, I, I don't know when I'm going to get to watch this game since I'm going to be at the, U, the, the Guado, U.S. Guatemala game, and then I'll be doing my interviews, so I'm probably going to miss the, most of this game. I'll have to watch it Wednesday or Thursday. But uh, we'll see. We'll see who steps up for the U.S. Uh, you know, there were, there were some good performances from the U23s. Tim Parker was excellent. Uh, Emerson Heinemann, I thought, was solid. Uh, there, there, were some, there were some guys who stepped up. So Luis Gill, obviously, with the finish. So we'll see, we'll see who steps up in the second leg. I want to see Heinemann step up. I want to see Miazga 
have a better game than he had in the first leg. I want to see Parker repeat that performance. So so we'll see. We'll see how they do in that next leg. And uh, it, it's a big, big, big day. Another big day for the U.S. Uh, and hopefully it's better than the last one. Hopefully it's better than Friday uh, turned out to be. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, 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 like I said, I didn't make it to Guatemala. I was in Washington, D.C. with the family. And, uh, you know, we got to check out the cherry blossoms. We saw the monuments. Kids never want to take pictures, do they? Isn't it funny how that works? They want to go to D.C., but you get there, they don't want to take pictures. Hashtag parent problems. But, uh, but yeah, so I was in D.C., but I did not get to the U.S. game. I mean, to the D.C. United FC Dallas game. Jumping over to MLS real quick. FC Dallas, D.C. United, shorthanded FC Dallas, and they still put it on D.C., uh, maybe maybe we're getting to the point now where DC United fans, the D, the DC United fans, who took issue with me saying they would be terrible, are now starting to realize that that's this is that's the reality. This team is not good. They're not going to be good, and it's scary. They might be worse even uh, than than we thought they'd be. So it, it, it's going to be a rough year for them. I I, I don't know I have any other way to say it. Another good win for FC Dallas, obviously when you when you're missing a handful of starters. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez, Kellen Acosta, Walker Zimmerman, uh, guys on international duty, Moises Hernandez. So credit credit to them to get that big win. And Michael Barrios with a great game. NYCFC, New England Revolution. And New England's still looking for that first win. But you know what? You get a red card on the road and you can still get a point. You're not going to be too upset about that. If you're NYCFC, you should be unhappy with a point when you up a man at home. And uh, and you're, you you got to get start getting points, so I like New England. I like New England going into that one. So a, a one a, a tie da- down a man. I think it, it's a, I think it's a good result for the refs, and uh, I think the wins will come for them eventually. Uh, NYCFC though, there, there's still a lot to be worked out there, and I think Patrick Vieira is starting to realize that just how tough things are in MLS. And I think he knew. I think he knew, but I think now he's realizing like, look, this team has a way to go. Um, and it, is it a, I don't know if it's a playoff team. I don't know if it's going to be a playoff team. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with NYCFC. And then, obviously, the, the last game of the weekend, Vancouver-Houston Dynamo. The Vancouver Whitecaps are, are getting the calls, aren't they? How about that? They're getting the calls. I don't know about that penalty call. I think it was a bit of a raw deal. Julian uh, Alibaba, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, but Vancouver got the call. They got the win. That's two straight wins now where you look at them and you say, hmm, you got a little lucky there. You got a little lucky there. But credit to Carl Robinson, though. Uh, obviously, they were missing players as well uh, for international international duty. So for them to get that W, uh, it's big for them. You got to rack up the points when you can. And when you think about a team like Seattle, who's not getting points, and, and, and other teams that, that, that are dropping points here and there in the Western Conference, you're Vancouver, you rack up the points now because, we, as I'm sure Whitecaps can, att- Whitecap fans can attest, uh, th- th- there's always that possibility of that slide, that that second half swoon uh, that seems to happen more often than not for Vancouver. But you know what? They're doing well now. They're getting the results. Pedro Morales racking up the points, racking up the fantasy points. Yes, he's on the fantasy team. Um, but we'll see how they we'll see how they do once the calls stop going their way. Uh, they're a young team. They're a young team, but. They're gaining confidence with these wins. That's what's big. Not only the points, but the confidence they're gaining from winning these tough games. And you know what? The calls go your way. That's it. You know what? It's not your fault you get the calls. But you have to take advantage when you do get the calls to make sure you get all the points you can get. So credit to them. 
uh, good work by by them once again. And uh, yep, that was it. Three games, uh, a pretty light week. Uh, and, and I think that's, I think we covered it all. Uh, I know it's a pretty short show. I wish I could get into more. Uh, it, it's a busy time here in, in, uh, in Columbus. I will be having my, uh, I'll be, be having my Facebook live Q and a on my Facebook page on Tuesday afternoon at one. So make sure you come check it out. I do it every Tuesday. Uh, so I'll be previewing the game and answering questions. So join me there if you're listening. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's it. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll try to get the show back uh, on a bit more regular routine going forward. Um, see who we get as, as some special guests, uh, some guest co-hosts. Uh, I think I might just roll Dolo, roll solo for the rest and, and, and just start getting guests on. I think that's hopefully, hopefully I can get that. I think maybe that'll be the next step is to start getting, trying to get some guests on. So um, hopefully I can pull that off. But uh, that's it for now. Like I said, an abbreviated abbreviated show apologies again that that it's not longer but i think we covered all of the bases all uh, i mean i think at this point all people want to talk about are the u.s national team and the u.s national team and maybe a little bit of the u23s but mostly the u.s national team so we'll see how they do i'll predict the u.s win i'll go i'm gonna go 3-0 usa uh goals by uh clint dempsey michael bradley darlington nagby uh and then i'll go the u23s with a 2-1 victory uh jordan morris and Paul Ariola with the goals in a 2-1 victory that puts him through to the Olympics. Maybe it's a little wishful thinking, but we shall see. Uh, that's it, though. That wraps it up, and uh, thank you for listening. And as always, you can always drop questions on the hashtag AskTheSBIShow. Don't just wait for me to tweet out that I'm taking questions. Uh, hit, me, hit me up uh, with the hashtag anytime you want if you have a question. So that's all for now from here in Columbus. I'm Ivis Galarza. This is The SBI Show.